to Conscious Matters. It's a safe space where we chat about how living consciously matters to our well-being, to the one of our surroundings and loved ones, as well as to the earth and humanity as a whole. Join me, Melissa DeBerry, for inspiring interviews with some of the most beautiful souls out there, individuals who are helping others to reach their highest selves and who bring light into this world. In every episode, we talk about conscious matters such as self-love, awareness, personal development, the power of yoga and meditation, self-medicine, the rise of holistic practices, and much more. We expand on our experiences, share tools that help live in peace, harmony, and alignment on a daily basis, and discuss about what we've learned along our healing journey. Get your mind, body, and soul ready for a ride in consciousness. Namaste, listeners. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. This is a saying from Carl Jung, the psychiatrist who revolutionized the field of psychology. Fall, Halloween, Scorpio season is here, so what better than diving deep into the shadow of life to be aware, acknowledge, accept and embrace our unconscious to shed light onto our shadow self. I talk a lot about self-awareness on this podcast, yet there can be any full awareness without acknowledging and integrating the unconscious parts of ourselves. That's what I'll try to uncover today all by myself. And yeah, let's see how it goes. Listen up to this jam. So I'll start with the definition of the shadow in self uh, with a reference of Carl Jung. I found this one on monuments.com. So it says, according to Carl Jung, the shadow consists of all the unconscious parts of our personality. These, when brought to consciousness, feel threatening, uncomfortable, or completely foreign to the ego, defined as the conscious part of our personality. Jung pointed out that not only do we have a personal shadow, but we also share a collective shadow which belongs to the collective unconscious. Our shadow contains everything we don't see about ourselves. It's much easier to observe someone else's shadows than our own. Our shadow consists of our blind spots, of all of those tendencies, qualities, and traits that we have disowned. It's important to keep in mind that these are not all negative. Our unconscious also contains repressed qualities and positive traits that, for instance, weren't accepted by our family or culture of origin. So that's the definition, which makes me think that when you feel misaligned, stuck, chaotic, or simply uncreative, exploring your shadow can help. Conscious living is obviously about being mindful towards ourselves, others, and the earth, but it's also about being honest in your growth, your willingness to improve, applying changes that will allow you to wander through the ugly, disturbing, and frightening parts of yourself, the part that you most probably find extremely difficult to embrace. It's easy to embrace the light, that's a given, our socially accepted traits, but not so much the dark aspects of our character. And actually, one of the um, psychotherapists called Dr. Cherry Jacobson said, although many infer the shadow is negative, that is really not true. The shadow is rather what you yourself perceive as dark and weak about yourself and therefore needing to be hidden and denied. But this depends on our own perspective on life and your levels of self-esteem. So while for one person, the shadow might just contain such classic elements as sadness, rage, 
laziness and cruelty, you might also hide your personal power, your independence, or your emotional sensitivity. Personally, I really don't believe in chastising our shadow side because it's just composed of neutral attributes, not necessarily good or bad. It's plain and simple character traits that you were once shamed for. It could be literally anything depending on the environment you grew up in. Could be being sensitive or independent, loud. It could be anger or any other emotion that you were not allowing yourself to show. Hence, we decided most often unconsciously as children to ignore it or burying, burying it deep inside of us because of pure shame, feeling guilty or afraid to be rejected and supported, mocked or just seen as weird. By the way, now take the word weird as a compliment. That's probably <laughs> the result of some shadow work on my side. But yeah, anyways, uh, once you're aware of it, it's very interesting to uncover why some parts of your personality have made their way to this side of your brain. Let's say that being seen is now part of your shadow self. You're afraid of showing your talents or showing up in public spaces, maybe offline or online, where you will be at the center stage. Do you feel like you've been shamed for being loud or taking space or being unapologetically yourself when you were growing up? That could be something to, you know, try to uncover here. And I'm insisting on the grooming phase that is childhood because it's literally the moment we built our sense of personality and forge our belief system. Or I'd rather say that's when we get the programming of what's acceptable and what is not. Literally right and wrong by our environment, family, school, friends, and the media you grew up watching. It's very much rooted, which requires of us a strong conscious effort to face it and deal with it, even though difficulties arise from that process. I hear a lot of conversation about getting rid or healing your shadow self. I feel like extremely cringy when, when I hear that because it makes me feel like something is wrong with you when in fact, literally everybody has a shadow side. This part that we all unconsciously learned to hide away through what was and what was not acceptable through our own socialization. There's no way to get rid of it and no point in healing it because it's normal. <laughs> Just that is normal. Yet through my own development journey, I've been surprised and fascinated to discover this unconscious part of myself and believe that incorporating it into my consciousness is so much more beneficial to me. I even say probably much healthier for my mental health rather than suppressing these parts of who I am instead of accepting them and working the best way with them. Living that conscious life is mainly about becoming more whole and balanced. That's why to me it's crucial to be recognizing our shadow self, facing it and accepting it as an integral part of our whole being instead of battling by hiding our darkness. Actually, that darkness is just in need of more light in a sense that it can be benefiting to have it at the front and center too instead of all the way backstage. And that makes me wonder if by hiding our shadow self, are we actually suppressing our basic instincts? Are we actually suppressing our basic instincts? Are we denying ourselves for the comfort of others? Making sure they're comfortable so we unconsciously learn to make ourselves uncomfortable? 
are we fragmenting ourselves instead of being whole and grounded to be accepted by others? Yeah, many questions. Accepting some, air quote, unacceptable parts of our nature by rejecting, shaming, and ignoring parts that end up never becoming adequately integrated in our conscious minds um, is a big leap. <laughs> it's a real big leap. And when we really think about it, who gets to decide what's acceptable and what is not? Like, seriously, though. From one place to the other, from one family to the other, uh, and even from one culture to the other, this good and bad dichotomy is really not universal. It's very much arbitrary. In one country, confidence is an asset and acclaimed, when in another country, it is despised as humility and a quiet demeanor are what is praised. In many parts of the world, if not all parts of the world, I don't know, I haven't been everywhere, but... um. I think for the majority, there's a huge nonverbal rule or just an emphasis on trying to putting us in a mold, in the same mold. I would even say putting us in the same mold when we all different and unique. So how are we supposed to fit in the same mold? Why do we have to act like we're all the same? Because at the end of the day, it ends up making us so quick to judge someone based on nothing other than our own perspective on how things and people should be. On that, let me share a scientific fact retrieved from Forbes magazine about first impressions. Apparently, that's what they say, within the first seven seconds of meeting, people will have a solid impression of who you are. And some research suggests a tenth of a second is all it takes to start determining traits like trustworthiness. How crazy is that? Not even a second, not even half a second, but less than that, a tenth of a second. Um, yeah, so I let that sink in. <laughs> so I'm not going to come here and act like a saint, like we've all judged and criticized people in our lives, even if at the end of the day it's completely useless and it's a waste of time, in my humble opinion, of course. Yet we're still humans and our tendencies to see, criticize and look down upon undesirable qualities in others. It's almost taken nature to us. If you had to serve one purpose, it will be that it can bring self-awareness. I like to call it the shadow mirror. I don't actually know if that term is a thing or not, but um, that's how I call it. So the shadow mirror, I see it as the thing that annoys you so much in the other person could actually be something that you too portray or that you have been denied the possibility to show that trade or be shamed for it in the past. So yeah, so that shadow mirror, I think it also shows all of the positive traits that you don't feel able to fully express can also be projected onto you. You'd usually admire or envy that person for it. Um, that mirror works both ways. And trust me, you're certainly <laughs> triggering a lot of people too just by being yourself. So take everything with a grain of salt. When you're aware of your shadow, it's so much easier to be okay with your triggers and to see them from a higher perspective. Why am I triggered right now? Oh, because I dealt with a similar situation or person in the past and I go hurt. Or I acted as such in the past and was blamed or punished for it, which made me internalized. That is bad to act like that. Okay, so am I then projecting that or am I actually grounded in the present, not making assumptions? 
the more we'll reject, hide, or fail to take into account our darkness, we'll be triggered left and right, obsessed by other people's opinions of us, and never truly accept ourselves for who we are. And to me, that's really sad. And that's not fair to our inner child. Because the more you repress something, the more you grow in power until you see it. It's like it is trying to say to you, hey, 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 I'm here. I know you see me even though you don't want to, but I'm here. So just like this annoying little kid who's going to bug you until you acknowledge their presence and at the most uncomfortable time, of course, otherwise it's not funny. Yeah, so these aspects of yourself you're trying to shove down deeply will manifest themselves in other ways. Trust me on that. So this could be through low self-worth, chronic illnesses, mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, panic attacks, just to enumerate some, as well as unhealthy coping mechanism like addiction of any kind. Could be, of course, drugs, but also food, escapism through TV, binging, and so on. All of that to say that your dark side can actually really help you in your life. You've just got to be cozy with it, get to know it, understand it, and embrace it. Even the expression battling your inner demons is strange. Instead of battling with something that's inside of you, why not be like, hey, inner demon, what's up? Why have you been acting out? Why do you need to soothe yourself? Sitting down and investigating with self-compassion in order to gain more self-awareness by unlearning and deconditioning some things and behaviors you were taught to believe in one way, when in reality, is not your way, is not your own way, or at least not the one which will help you serve your higher purpose and find your unique path. I've realized that the more I make peace and embrace my shadow self, This part that is initially not my favorite, I gotta say, (laughs) or I'd rather say uh, the part that I've been conditioned to think that was not acceptable to show is less projecting onto me the more I get to know it and embrace it and, and try to understand it. For example, something that drives me nuts is people who are too slow. Taking the time of the world to do literally everything dresses me out to a point that is beyond ridiculous. Yeah, so that got me thinking. And turns out the way this attribute is projecting onto me is not necessarily that I carry this trait, but growing up, being slow was looked down upon or at least not really encouraged. Now, I even say not encouraged at all. Maybe in my family unit or at school, the emphasis was more on, oh, you were so fast and finishing that, bravo. Seeing that imposed to me, to me at a very young age and around me, my little self probably registered that being fast is good and being slow is bad. Plain and simple. You know, like a kid mind is like very black and white. Same with indecisiveness in others. It triggers me <laughs> like crazy. But for this one, I'm still navigating my shadow to uncover what that's all about. But um, yeah. It's interesting. It's pretty, it really is. It's like you had the answers inside, but you have to really dig deep uh, to, to get them on the surface. So by now, we can roughly sum up the shadow as pretty much everything hidden. Our fears, secrets, taboo, desires, emotions, since as negative, such as jealousy, envy, anger, obsession, etc. 
all of the um, uncomfortable or socially unacceptable things we keep to ourselves are what makes up the shadow. Yet something that's really interesting is that there is so much shame around, around the shadow self, while at the same time, it's also where your gifts are located. And I really have to read that um, to you. It's an excerpt from a piece called Shadow Self Embracing Your Inner Darkness from Matteo Soul. So he writes, we are all born pure like blank canvases, but at some point during our childhood development, we learn knowledge that teaches us to separate things into good and evil. The moment we eat from this tree of knowledge, our shadows are born and we begin to divide ourselves into multiple parts. Furthermore, in our cultural socialization process, we begin to sort out those traits within us that are acceptable to society, called the persona, and those traits that are unacceptable, which are later hidden away, called the shadow. The creation of the inauthentic but socially acceptable persona birthed the creation of the authentic but damnable shadow. Both are inseparable. In essence, any primitive traits within us get sent to the shadow, but at the same time, any creative, unique, innovative, and different qualities within us also get confined within the shadow because they are not socially acceptable. So yeah, yes, indeed. Some of the different aspects of yourself, you've been blamed, shamed, punished, ridiculed for by the people in your environment growing up can be the very same things that other people love, admire, and cheer you on for. Once again, the way we judge and criticize people is very much arbitrary coming from our own conditioning and our own life experiences rather than from an objective lens. And by hiding these parts of you or not coming to terms with them, you're also hiding your natural gifts and talents. I'm going to be harsh here, but um, you're robbing yourself from tapping into the infinity and limitless potential of your being. I'm an idealist at heart. Very much optimistic and creative, but I know that growing up, especially at school, I've been mocked for it, scolding me to live in La La Land. <laughs> when I think about it now, it's super funny, but at the time it was not. Um, it was considered dumb and naive to be this way. And my intellect and seriousness were praised instead. So throughout the years, I've become more cynical, I would say, extremely serious and responsible studies and worry focus, incredibly pragmatic and structured to the point of becoming a huge perfectionist. Uh, still a work in progress, still on it. But to be honest, it also served me a lot career-wise. I'm not going to lie. However, it, um, I was not too comfortable in showing my spiritual side, more laid back and going with the flow. I wasn't using my creativity at all anymore. And sarcasm was my second language. It still is, but <laughs> but a much lighter version than before. I guess that's why I ended up in love for the longest time. No shade, but you cannot do more analytical, pragmatic, and uncreative than this field, I think. I don't know all of the fields, but I think it's like on the top of the list. Uh, yeah. But after some deep shadow work on that specific aspect, 
I now manage to balance both at least much better than before and not shame myself for being a creative and idealist and believing that good things always happen. Looking at the brighter side, that's okay. That's not being naive. Like you just have to balance it out. That's all. Using my imagination to create random stuff, always finding a positive aspect in any situation really helped me personally. And I know that some people actually admire this quality in me. And when talking to them, sharing my perspective always brings them hope and a ray of sunshine. So I'm not hiding it anymore. Combining my shadow with my light made me transform it from a dreamy utopian to one that know how to think strategically with a structured plan about my goals and dreams to materialize them in the physical realm. I've become a rational dreamer. That's a huge power, especially in a society where most people give up on their goals and dreams just because they don't have the structure or plan to get there. And that gift, that specific gift that I was hiding became the strongest quality in my present profession as a brand strategist for conscious living companies and organizations. I'm literally bringing clarity in people's ideas and visions with a solid structure, yet with creativity and style. That is the best of both words for me. And sometimes I'm like, how on earth did I think about that? Or how did I just manage to create something neat and beautiful out of a confusing jumble of ideas? It just comes so naturally that most of the time, I'm so surprised. It's just that all of these traits were already inside of me. I was just not tapping into them and used to look down upon them, being ashamed of them. And I even say like with the with this podcast, like just thinking about themes and researching and like writing about them and talking about them out of my mind. And I don't know. It's just like it's such a drastic difference from who I used to be. Um, but yeah, sometimes like pretty impressive. And all I had to do was just like to tap into it. So yeah. Tap into your own magic and make wonders is not about seeing your darkness as negative or transforming it into light, but alchemizing it in a way that will positively work for you, enhance and improve your character and your life. I'm actually going to do a second part of this episode next month, focus on how to use shadow work to regain freedom and wholeness in order to live authentically. Because yes, shadow work is hard. It's long, challenging, and completely unsexy, but it's one thing um, that is incredibly rewarding in the long term. Until then, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you're ready to do the work. Talk to you soon. Conscious Matters is a self-produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and ordinate five stars always preferred your support will help to keep on raising the collective consciousness together talk to you soon